Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology Today. I'm so grateful you're here with us, and I'm extraordinarily thankful to be your host. Trying to open the new year doing quite a few podcasts, morning and evening. And this one I think you're just going to find interesting. It's a continuation of several of our last several nights on uh, New Testament criticism and the study of the New Testament text and basically a history, and it comes from studylight.org and a wonderful dictionary that they have on their Cyclopedia of Biblical, Theological, and Ecclesiastical Literature. I do think I have that hard copy as well in a certain part of my library, several volumes, recensions of the New Testament text. And so I think you're going to find today interesting Tischendorf. It's very difficult to find a name any bigger because of his... He basically is the one that began the Nestle's Island text way back in the day. And they just carried on with it. And then the discovery of Codex Sinaiticus as well. Constantine von Tischendorf. But I think you're going to find what his views were fascinating. And this is basically near contemporary with him is when this was written. So let's get started. Thanks for being here. Join us daily. Share with your friends, family, church family. We believe every word of the Bible is absolutely true. So, and got a lot of videos and a lot of podcasts back in that information. I know making a video doesn't necessarily, but the information contained does. Tischendorf more recently adopted the same views as those of Lachman, who Lachman is considered a giant in the field of textual studies as well, holding that the most ancient text alone should be edited though it may not always be that the sacred authors wrote. So as Westcott and Hort would write about the vile Textus Receptus, the principle being laid at the basis of his 8th edition, Nestle's Island is up to 29 editions now, if my memory serves me correctly, 28 or 29, lately completed, notice the, the same time period, made a considerable difference between it and the seventh. So the Bible's constantly changing. The internal goodness of readings, the context, the sound judgment are thus excluded, and this at the expense of something more valuable. For mere outward and ancient testimony can never elicit what ought to be an editor's chief object, the presentation of a text as near the original one as can be procured. The oldest text of the best manuscripts inversions is valuable only so far as it assists in attaining that object. It is owing to the undue elevation of antiquity that such a reading as Ho Magnogenes Theos, I think that is, has been given in a text of recent edition. The same excessive veneration for antiquity has led to the separation of Ho uh, Yanonin uh, from all these in modern times, Lachman is exceeded by smaller followers, not in his own exact line. It's been many years since I studied Greek, so I may have butchered that. I wasn't trying to. But they don't have like a transliteration. To Greg's back, Hall must allow distinguished merit. He was a consummate critic, ingenious, acute, candid, tolerant, and learned. His system was elaborated with great ability. It exhibits the mark of a sagacious mind, 
but it was assailed by many writers whose combined attacks weakened its basis. In Germany, Eichhorn, Berthold, Hug, Schultz, not Schultz with a O, Schultz with a U, Gabler, and Schott, S-C-O-T-T, made various objections to it. In consequence of Hug's acute remarks, the venerable scholar himself modified his views. He did not, however, give up the three recensions, but still maintained that the Alexandrian and Western were distinct. He admitted that the Syriac, which Hug had put with the Nyon, uh, was nearer to that than the Alexandrian class, but he hesitated to put it with the Western because it differed so much. He denied that Origen used the, uh, what would that be, the Zin? Uh, maintaining that the Alexandrian which existed before his time was that which he employed. He conceded, however, that Origen had a Western copy of Mark besides an Alexandrian one, that in his commentary on Matthew, though the readings are chiefly Alexandrian, there's a great number of such as are Western, in which therefore appear in D 1328, 69, 124, 131, 156, the Old Italic, Vulgate, and Syriac, those are all manuscript designations. So he's saying that like Origen and Dementius had multiple readings. It would be like if you had a ESV, a NLT, a Leg Legacy Standard Bible, King James, New King James in front of you kind of thing different readings of various places. Uh, thus, Origen had various copies at hand as he himself readily asserts or repeatedly asserts. Greisbach also conceded that Clemens Alexandrinus had various copies differing in the forms of their text. Hence, his citations often agree with, and I'm not even going to attempt that in Greek, in D. Uh, thus, Origen and Clement cease in some measure, to be standard representatives of the Alexandrian recension. The concessions of Greisbach, resulting from many acute observations made by Hug and others, amounted to this, that the nearness of manuscript and recensions to one another was greater than he had before assumed, that his two ancient recensions had more points of contact with one another in existing documents than he had clearly perceived. And so reading these early church writings, which themselves have been edited and brought forward to the exclusion of others, because they have some uh, promotion of the dominant uh, proto-Catholic church that was in development at that time, it's not just all Alexandrian readings, which is what, you know, I'm reading comfort. He'd say, well, there's no Byzantine writing readings in the early church fathers, as they're called, because the Byzantine text didn't exist yet. But there's tons, there's thousands, many thousands of Byzantine readings. But you have to use the circular logic to say, well, no, it couldn't be because it wasn't created yet. Well, how do you know that? Because it just wasn't. And... Uh, They've got some Hezekiah recension and all of this that uh, has very little historical report. The concessions of Greisbach resulting from many acute observations made by Hug and others 
amounted to this, that the nearness of manuscripts and recensions to one another was greater than he had assumed, that his two ancient recensions had more points of contact one with another in existing documents than he had clearly perceived. The line between his Alexander and Western classes became less perceptible. This, indeed, was the weak point of the system, as no proper division can be drawn between the two. In the application of his system, he professed to follow the consent of the Alexandrian Western recensions, lest the internal marks of truth in a reading were so strong as to outweigh his argument. But he departed from this principle in seven instances in 1 Corinthians 3.4, Galatians 4.14, Philippians 3.3, 1 Thessalonians 2.7, Hebrews 4.2. So he's kind of getting back to what cutting-edge textual scholarship is today that you just have really a mass of manuscripts and sometimes there's no um, distinct Alexandrian, Byzantine, Western, Caesarean, Syriac, Constantinopolitan uh, majority text uh, uh, conformity. But what would you would have is if you had an ancient manuscript, or you may have one manuscript that 10 copies were made out of, and uh, so things would be based more on ancient manuscripts than these, you know, saying Alexandrian and all this. It's all very fascinating, and we're going to, God willing, continue tomorrow. So we appreciate you being here. Share with your friends, family, church, family. Leave a five-star review. Subscribe, and check out our playlist. We've got a lot of things in there, apologetic in nature, showing the Word of God is absolutely true. So God bless you. Thanks for being with us. Bye-bye.